For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. I keep repeating myself. Alabama ranks dead last in vaccination rate in the United States. Governor Kay Ivey has been consistent in encouraging people in her state to get vaccinated, but AL.com columnist Kyle Whitmire is quick to remind us that Ivey signed a bill into law that prohibited schools and universities from requiring students to be vaccinated and forced private businesses to accept customers who have refused to get vaccinated. And despite the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations that students wear masks in schools this fall, Ivy doesn't think they need a mask requirement. And with Alabama in the national spotlight, Ivy is growing impatient. What is it going to take to get people to get shots in arms? I don't know. You tell me. Folks supposed to have common sense. But it's time for to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us stay. But as a leader of the state, don't you think it's your responsibility to try and help get this situation under control? I've done all I know how to do. I can encourage you to do something, but I can't make you take care of yourself. I spoke to Kyle Whitmire about what Ivy and Alabama's leaders can do to eradicate COVID in the state. How they can connect with people and convince them to get vaccinated after falling short so far. But we also try to understand where the disconnect is rooted and why the people of Alabama won't get the shot to hopefully make this virus go away. Kyle, unvaccinated people obviously represent an overwhelming percentage of Alabama's COVID deaths since April. We know now that Alabama is obviously dead last in vaccination rate. The overwhelming majority of people who are getting sick and hospitalized and dying are unvaccinated. So my first question before we get into the KIV stuff, this is a question that I've asked you before, maybe even a year ago at this point. Why do we still suck at this? (laughs) Um, I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. This is this is serious stuff. I, I, I think Alabamians, just a number of us, have a very deep distrust of government and institutions and science. And frankly, uh, that has been cultivated by our political leadership for as long as I've been alive, as long as you've been alive. Um, you could even argue it goes back to the Civil War. I mean, this is I mean, it's not just Alabama. I mean, we're we're seeing this phenomenon uh, throughout the South. Alabama just happens to be sort of the epicenter of it. But this is a region that, you know, the South is 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 the only part of this country that's ever lost a a war on its own soil. And yet the losers got to tell the tale. And I think that has reverberated across generations and affects our lives in ways that aren't readily apparent. But but it really comes down to distrust and um, and 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 fear from you know someone coming in and telling you what to do. We don't like it. In a recent column you wrote, you quoted Ronald Reagan, who said, "In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem." You said whole generations have been conditioned to treat government help like it's poison, and you just mentioned the distrust. So you think that's the root of this right now? Like we're we're, we're trying to determine whom it is who are refusing the vaccine 
Do you think it does start with that distrust in government, even when it's led by a party that a lot of folks align with? I think it's a big part of it, but it's probably a mistake just to try to pin it on one thing. I think this is a confluence of several different factors. Uh, part of it is distrust in government. Part of it is just the shifting you know, changes that we're seeing and how people um, interact with their doctors. Uh, we, we've seen a number of people who don't really have primary care physicians because the the industry has sort of tried to nudge them toward uh, urgent care clinics and and uh, telemedicine and less personal forms of of healthcare, so that they don't really have that person that they've had a relationship with that they can talk to that they trust, right? And then you get into factors such as just basic access to healthcare, whether it's you know transportation, affordability, the fact that we haven't that we haven't expanded Medicaid. Now these these shots are free. But a lot of people don't know that and just do not. I mean, there's a lot going on here. That's the answer. There's a lot going on here. But I think our regional cultural skepticism toward institutions and towards big government is is certainly a part of it. So that's all over the place. But there's a lot to wrestle with here. Kay Ivey, the governor, was in Birmingham yesterday. She met with a little gaggle of reporters and in response to the question of what it will take to get more people to take the vaccine, Ivy said, I don't know, you tell me. And so, Kyle, at first it seemed like Ivy was snapping at the reporter asking the question, but on a couple more viewings, I mean, considering her other comments, basically blaming unvaccinated people for the problems that are happening in Alabama, including being ranked 50th in vaccination rate, it seems like she's directing that ire towards those refusing to get vaccinated. And maybe she's feeling a little bit of the pressure now that Alabama is in the national spotlight in dead last. So how did you read Ivy's tone in that moment? Oh, well, she's she's obviously angry. I think she's a little scared. I think she's frustrated. One thing I took issue with that she said, she kept saying or she said more than once that unvaccinated folks have let her words, regular folks down. Unfortunately, in Alabama, the majority of people are unvaccinated. So regular folks in Alabama are also unvaccinated folks. You know, I'm really glad to see that Kay Ivey's taking this seriously. She's getting mad about it. I think we all should be a little uh, a, a little mad about it right now. There's no excuse for, for the place we find ourselves in. But the governor has done things in the last few months that do not match up with, with her tone right now. I mean, this is a governor who, when the Biden administration said they would uh, try to help states do door-to-door outreach, she said, no, thank you. The vaccine passport ban passed out of the out of the legislature two months ago uh, so quickly that even the sponsor didn't really seem to know what his own bill did. But, you know, we point out things that did it. It, it prevents schools and, and colleges from requiring vaccines for students, just like they do other vaccines for other diseases. It, it prevents businesses from being from having control over who comes into their establishments Ivy knew those things and she signed that bill. And there have been other instances like that, too, where she just has not seemed to take this seriously in those low moments when you do have to take it seriously. And this has been a continuing theme throughout this pandemic 
that the moments that you have to pay the most attention, it's kind of like a horror movie. It's when you think the monster's dead, right? You know, it's over in the corner and it's it's not moving. That's not when you turn your back on it. That's when you put another slug in it and make sure it's gone. You wrote to Ivy, you have to make it clear to every lawmaker, every mayor, every county commissioner in every corner of the state that this is priority number one. So that's where I'm kind of stuck, Kyle. Alabama is dead last. So what I want to hear Ivy answer is, what are you and your team doing right now? What have you done this week? What are y'all doing tomorrow to pull Alabama out of last place in the United States? And like you said, she appears to understand the problem, and she has been pretty consistent in encouraging people to get vaccinated, but the results obviously do not reflect it. And some of her actions, as you mentioned, do not line up with this effort to eradicate it. So if this isn't priority number one, what is? Well, I mean, and the other point I was trying to make there is, you know, we know from experience now that when folks like you and folks like me in the media or, you know, the president or even Governor Ivey herself uh, go out and tell people get vaccinated, uh, there's a limit to how effective that message is going to be. What people are more receptive to is when people they know, people in their communities uh, have those conversations with them. And frankly, we have a lot of public officials, not just Governor Ivey, but public officials from top down throughout this state who I think understand the problem but have been afraid to go out in their communities and have those conversations because they're terrified of blowback against them. Well, guess what? Buck up, folks. You're going to have to do it. And that's what Ivy really needs to do. She needs to approach this the same way she approached raising gas taxes two years ago. When she did that, the story I heard, and I've never confirmed that this is true, but this is what she needs to do with COVID. She brought all the, the reluctant lawmakers one by one into her office and she asked them, are you for the gas tax or are you against the gas tax? And then she gave them a little marker and she pointed to a whiteboard uh, in the corner that had their names on it. And if they were for it, they put a check by their name. And if they were against it, they had to put a little X by their name. And they knew she didn't even have to tell them what was going to happen if they didn't support her gas tax, because it meant that they weren't going to get roads in their district. It meant they weren't going to get new bridges. You know, that's sort of a very like LBJ kind of like bullying move. But she's got to do that right now with with some of these these officials lower down the chain because they're the ones who can go out in the communities and really talk to people on a more personal level. And she has to, you know, she has to tell them, look, like this is our number one priority. You have to go to Qantas clubs. You have to go to Civitan groups. You have to go to rotary meetings. You have to go into churches, anywhere you can speak. And you got to spread this gospel like the rapture's coming tomorrow, right? Because that's that's the seriousness of what some people in Alabama, and they won't know who they are until they find themselves wheeling into a into an emergency room. But that's the seriousness that this this has for some folks. Kyle, you made an interesting point in a recent column asking why Republican politicians aren't owning the vaccine, that the vaccines were developed during the Trump administration, that Project Warp Speed worked, yet they are not celebrating it and even rubbing it in the faces of the Democrats. And so now, suddenly, there are some high-profile Republicans like 
Sean Hannity on television who are encouraging people to get vaccinated. And it absolutely makes sense for many Americans to get vaccinated. I believe in science. I believe in the science of vaccination. You've got others like Tommy Tuberville and Mitch McConnell who continue to do the same and have been for some time. Why is this messaging so mixed? And, you know, you've said that fear could be one reason. Well, I mean, even Hannity is backing off of it now saying he said on the radio yesterday that he wasn't uh, encouraging people to get vaccinated. He was just telling people to take COVID seriously, whatever that means. Well, OK, great. We, it's, I'm glad it's killed 600,000 people in this country. I'm glad he finally got the message that we should take it seriously. Um, I do have to compliment Senator Tuberville. I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but he has been consistent throughout this that he believes in the vaccine and he thinks that, you know, and and has encouraged people to go out and and get the vaccine. Mitch McConnell on the national scene doing much the same thing. But I think there are just a lot of public officials, just like I was talking about a minute ago, that are afraid. You know, I always, you know, I always say, you know, who's the surfer and who's the wave here, right? They, they're to do the bidding of their constituents and they look at their constituency, and if a majority of those folks are not getting vaccinated, they're not really, they're reacting, they're not leading. That's what they're used to doing. And right now, to beat this thing, uh, they have to be leaders, not just reactors. My last thing for you, Kyle, I, I'm so focused on message and if the message is connecting, because something's getting lost in translation. Doctors are frustrated. We've heard from the likes of Dr. Brittany Cobia, Dr. Michael Sag, and others who are just bewildered that there is a vaccine that works, that is safe, that is free, and yet people are refusing to take it. And people are not listening to doctors' orders like they were raised to, essentially. They discard facts that either public health officials or the media or their government reports. So even if this is priority number one, how do people get through to people who still refuse to get vaccinated? Who will they listen to? Is Ivy right that at some point it's just out of the messenger's hands and and no one can be forced to do it? I think what you do is you, you try to appeal to them on a more personal level, and that's going to require, and this is a very hard thing, and this is why I said she's got to enlist a whole army of, of, of leaders in this state, because it's really going to require personal contact with people. I mean, personal, I'm not talking about her going off in the cam- in front of the cameras on TV. She's got to put the ribbon cuttings like she was at yesterday aside, and she needs to be the person going to hospital. She needs to be the person going to community clinics. She needs to be going to doctor's offices and and corner drugstores and every other public official in the state too, going up, shaking people's hands, thanking those who have gotten vaccinated and encouraging them to be evangelists too and go out and, and spread this word. Because I, I think the other thing that works here when I get in arguments with readers and stuff about this, this is what I I try to tell folks. I have two people in my family. I have a cousin and a stepbrother who are much more intelligent than I am. I'm kind of the dumb one in my family. Um, I have a a younger stepbrother who is a, a microbiologist. He has a PhD. He does gene therapy where they use, they use actually use viruses to cure genetic diseases, fatal diseases in small children. 
I have an older cousin who is, has a PhD in microbiology and immunology, has been studying the body's response to vaccines and viruses for 30 years. Both of them, not just they themselves are vaccinated, but their children are vaccinated too. Like they knowing everything that they know, you know, they took their kids to the doctor's office and got their shots. And I think those kinds of stories of doctors not just saying, do this, the vaccine is safe, but saying, I believe this vaccine is safe enough that I had my children vaccinated. It's much more compelling and much more convincing than trying to throw statistics at people and convince them with what we put quotes around science. Kyle Whitmire, thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. If you or anyone you know is affected by COVID and want to share a story, please email me at bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. And for all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact our state, visit al.com slash coronavirus. And if you like this show, please rate it and write a review. And please be safe, be smart, and be kind. Thank you for listening.